So January 15th, 2017. And, um, you know, I, I mentioned this last week, about 40% of uh, those in the United States make resolutions. And uh, probably most of them have failed by January 15th. 2017. 40% of people in the United States make resolutions, and only about uh, 8% make it to the end of the year with those resolutions. You know, you know the problem with resolutions. We mentioned this last week. Here's, here's the problem with, with resolutions. Wherever I go, there I am, right? That we take ourselves with us uh, everywhere we go. We're, we're there. We, we find ourselves, and, and we become the roadblocks to becoming what we want or what we think we should be. Um, I find that to be true in my life. Maybe you find that to be true in your life, that um, everywhere you go, there you are. If you haven't found that true, it is. So uh, you are everywhere you go. Um, last week, we, we began this journey in, uh, of, of looking at, at sacred rhythms, the, the places, the, the spaces where, where God shows up and where he does something in us that we can't do in ourselves. Now, here's, there, there's some good news in, in the idea of transformation when it comes to, to God. Um, well, look at your neighbor and tell them you need help. Go ahead and tell your neighbor they need help. Okay, now, now, now look at your other neighbor and tell them they need help as well. Got it? Okay. Now, some of you, um, this will start a fight between you and your spouse, which you are welcome. Um, but, but the truth is, all of us need help. And here's the good news that we find in Scripture, is that the work of transformation in our life is not dependent upon us. Isn't that good news? That, that the work of transformation, of becoming new kinds of people, is God's work that, that He accomplishes through His Spirit, through His Holy Spirit. So the things in your life that you know are out of sync, the things in your life that you know that you keep running into these, these roadblocks, that is God's work that he wants to do within you. And that is the very reason he gave the Holy Spirit, is to bring about this change, to bring new kinds of life into us. Now, here's the part that is dependent upon us. Because when we hear that, we think, okay, if this is God's work, I don't have any part to play. I just sit back and I let it happen. But the truth is, the, the piece that is dependent upon us is that we must put ourselves in the places or in the spaces where God can breathe life into us. We, we must create the rhythms or, or open ourselves to those rhythms where God has the opportunity through some sort of conduit to, to begin to change and transform us. These sacred rhythms that we're talking about. They, they, they are the, the open doors, the open opportunities for God to do something beyond what our power, our, our, ourselves, we don't have the strength to do what, what God's Spirit wants to do. And so these, these rhythms that we create, um, the, the point isn't the rhythm, the point is opening the conduit to God's grace. Now, I, like probably many of you, throughout my life, have found myself thinking that the point is to read the Bible a certain amount of time each day, 
or to read a certain amount of verses in the Bible, that God, if I could just get up and, and just read one chapter a day, that God would be pleased, and that is the goal that I want to accomplish. But that's not the goal. Now, some of you are like, wait a minute, I thought I was supposed to read the Bible. So you're telling me that's not the goal, to read the Bible. No, the goal is not to read the Bible. The goal isn't even prayer. See, the goal is to open yourself so that God's Spirit can transform you. The Bible, prayer, are simply the conduits that open ourselves to those very changes that God wants to bring about in our lives. See, if we make reading the Bible the goal, it depends completely upon our power and our strength. And we will find at the end of the year, if we read the Bible every single day, that if we are not reading it in the way that God wants us to read it, it's a dead end. Now, some of you are like, wait a minute, that's heresy, Matt. <laughs> the Bible is a dead end. The Bible is a dead end if it's our strength and our understanding and our goal of simply reading. Uh, the Bible's not a dead end when it becomes the conduit to God's grace, working within our hearts and our minds and beginning to transform us into uh, different people. Um, I believe this with everything I am. That, that there is a rhythm to God's grace and his love in this world, and that what we find is that the world's rhythm oftentimes crowds out God's rhythm in our life. Um, I think it was uh, Richard Foster who said that hurry is the great enemy of transformation in our life today. Hurry is the great enemy. Hurry begins to crowd out God's voice, God's spirit, God's rhythm in the everyday course of our lives. Um, last week, we, we began with this, this kind of mantra. I'm, I promise I'll get to this week here in a minute. But I got a reminder, I got to remind us of some things. Um, the rhythms that we choose will one day prove who we really are. And I hope that's something that begins to stick with us, that the rhythms that we're choosing, and all of us are choosing rhythms, every single one of us, every single day chooses rhythms to our life. And the rhythms that we choose will one day begin to prove who we really are. The, the rhythms that we're putting into place. Now, this is true almost in every aspect of our lives. Now, some of you are health nuts, right? Some of you love to exercise and eat right. And the truth is that that we do not become healthier people just by doing things on occasion, do we? Like, if, if I decide that I'm going to become a healthier person, I've got a problem with cholesterol, and so I need to do something about my cholesterol. Now, the, one of the problems is I'm from Alabama. We fry everything. And um, I'm just not going to quit eating fried food. So if I think to myself, hey, I'm not going to eat fried food like on one day every month. That's not going to help, is it? No, no, it's, it's, it's the everyday rhythms. It's the, it's the regular patterns that begin to transform in our, when we're talking about health, in our, in our physical bodies. But the same is true spiritually. It's the everyday patterns and rhythms that we choose that one day begin to prove or put into place who we really are in the end. It's the rhythms that we're choosing that begin to do that. And it's hurry that oftentimes uh, crowd those things out. Now, I want us to have a little fun today. Are you okay having fun in church? Is that okay? I want us to have a little fun. I want you to tell your neighbor one rhythm 
that you repeat every single day. So think for a second, in your life, what is one thing that you do every single day? Do you have it? Uh, now, wait, wait, wait. I know we're in church, and I know you want to say something spiritual, but fight the urge to say anything spiritual. I just want you to, like, one just everyday rhythm that you have, and go ahead and look at the person next to you and tell them one rhythm that you repeat every single day. Are you ready? Go. One rhythm. Got it? That's a good one. All right. How many of you said um, that you eat every single day? How many? That's the rhythm. Let's be honest. We're in church. So how many of you said eat? Because I know a few of you did. Okay. That's a good rhythm. You need to eat or you will die. Right? Eating is a good rhythm. Now, what we eat sometimes we need to, to think about. I've, I've learned that... Um, if the, the more you exercise, like on a regular basis, the more you can eat whatever you want. That's the only reason I run, is so I can eat whatever I want. And it works great. I can eat whatever I want. Eating's good. How many of you said that you sleep every single day? This says something about your personality, too. Did anybody say sleep as a rhythm? Nobody said sleep? See, we don't have any lazy people in our church. <laughs> because lazy people would say sleep. I sleep every day. That's what I said. Anyway, um, how many of you said you brush your teeth every single day? We thank you. We thank you very much. How many of you shower every single day? Or how many of you said shower? Did anybody say shower? How many of you actually shower every day? Only half of us. This sermon may go a different way than I thought it was going to end up going, right? So we have these rhythms, these things that we repeat every single day. And there's certain things that God has built into just the course of our world. Think about the rhythms of nature. There's a rhythm to nature, isn't there? Uh, there, there is uh, new life in the springtime. There is, there is the flowering at certain seasons, at certain times of the bushes and even cactus. They flower. There's a beauty to it. And, and there's, there's a death to things in life as well. There, there's, a, there's a quieting and a sleeping. God has put these rhythms into the world. If you go back into creation and, and you think about the story of creation, there's this rhythm to God even creating. And there's this rhythm of rest that he puts into creation. And he puts into you and me. And the truth is, if we don't truly rest, we find ourselves out of rhythm with God. See, there are these rhythms all the time. And most of us, we choose certain rhythms. We, we choose to repeat things every single day. The question of the series is, are we choosing sacred rhythms that put us in a certain place, that open the conduit to God's grace that would begin to transform our hearts and our minds, that would make us new kinds of people? And, and I don't doubt that most of us would love to be a different kind of person from time to time. Okay, so here's what I want us to do. I want to see if, if you've got any rhythm in you. Now, some of you are going to laugh at me, but I want to see if you've got any rhythm. Um, and, and I don't want to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you up, but I'm, I'm going to play a song for you. And I want you to close your eyes and not look at the people around you because I don't want to embarrass anybody. But I want, what I want you to do as we start out this song is I want you just to see if you can feel the rhythm of it, okay? Okay. 
Are you with me so far? I want to see if you can just feel the rhythm of the song. And then I'll, I'll, I'll kind of say something, and, and maybe if you could nod your head to the rhythm of the song, that would be a good thing. Okay? Now, some of you are really nervous about what we're about to do. Now, it's a different kind of music than you're probably used to. This is, this is um, his name's Lecrae, and he's a little different um, than, than sometimes the music we listen to. But I just want to see if we can feel rhythm in this place. All right? Are you ready? Are you ready? All right. So just close your eyes. Don't look around. I don't want to embarrass anybody. I know some of us don't have any rhythm in the room, but I just want to see if you can feel the rhythm. You ready? Here we go. Don't start dancing yet. Hold on. Are you starting to hear the rhythm? There's a rhythm. Keep me in my time zone with my mind's gone and I'm flying home and I'm stressed out and okay, I'm tempted now to get this your top on and go pull it up but you know what's up and you know that ain't gonna solve nothing. I mean, Lord forbid, I might fall or something and I'm all another cuz. Some of you got some rhythm. killing me but you still with me when I fight hard and. Okay, now open your eyes. Keep moving. Because all of us are kind of moving to something. Did that mess you up when I did that little break? Got it? I got to be careful or else I'll start dancing. You feel it? You hear it? Yeah, there's this rhythm to it. Now, have you ever been listening to music and then some other music came on and it just messed up the rhythm of the song and it drove you crazy? See, that's what's happened in our world. See, God has built a rhythm into our world, a rhythm of grace and truth and love. And these other rhythms begin to drown out the rhythm of God. And our goal is to align ourselves with the heartbeat of God, to listen for his rhythm, and then to step alongside it. Okay, we can bring Lecrae down. Now, how many of you would like to hear Joe sing Lecrae next week? Come on, Joe. Yes. Listen, I'm, I, I believe with everything I am that there is this rhythm in this world. That God has placed deep within the world a rhythm of his grace and his love. I love this passage of scripture that uh, Jesus at one point, uh, Eugene Peterson in, in the message, um, he says it this way. Uh, Are you tired of religion? Are you tired of the same old patterns of life? And Jesus says, come to me and learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I love that thought that concept that there are these unforced rhythms of grace in our world. And Jesus is inviting us in to listen, to hear, and to come alongside his rhythm in this world. And as we do that, as we step into these sacred rhythms, we become new kinds of people. Now, next week, we're going to get into a little bit of uh, the community aspect of this. Because it's dangerous it's dangerous to, to only pursue Christ in isolation. See, that's the beauty of the church, is that we come together. And um, there's something safe about nodding our head to Lecrae together with people around us. There's something safe because when you get out of rhythm, somebody can nudge you and say, come on back into rhythm. Listen to the rhythm that God has. 
So we're going to get into that next week. This week, I want to look at this passage of Scripture. And I'm going to read a, a longer, there, there's going to be a, a piece of it on, on, the, on the screen, but I want to read just a longer section where, where Jesus is making some comments to his disciples. And for those of us who want to pursue Jesus and follow Jesus, these are comments that I believe Jesus would want us, want us to listen to as well. This is what he says. He says, I, I am the grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more fruit. You've already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. In other words, by the teachings of Jesus, those teachings begin to, to change us. They, they begin to, to cut away at certain parts of our lives and, and to refine us. Remain in me, Jesus says, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. And then this passage uh, that I think is one worth committing to memory, where Jesus says, yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I remain in them will bear much fruit, will produce much fruit. And then Jesus says, for apart from me, you can do nothing. For apart from me, you can do nothing. There's this, there's this remaining in Jesus, according to Jesus. There's, there's something about planting ourselves in him that begins to, to breathe life into us in a way that the outward representation or the, or the outward effect of that is fruit. Now, we might say, well, in, I understand it like in a, in, a, in a fruit vine, maybe a grapevine. If you've ever been to Napa, I was in uh, Italy a couple years ago, and we saw all these uh, beautiful grapevines. And we can understand that, like the, the, the picture of, of grapevines and, and a gardener needing to come and snip certain things and cut certain things away so that the the, the grapes can, can be all that they were meant to be. But, but in, in, in human terms, what, what does that mean, to remain in Christ? And, and what does it mean that, that Christ would remain in us in a way that would produce fruit? And what is fruit? Well, I think Jesus would say the, the fruit is love. Like the outward expression of being uh, planted in Christ is simply love. And sometimes that, that, that looks like joy, and sometimes it looks like peace and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. But, but this is the fruit. This is the outward expression of, of remaining in Christ. Remain in me, and I in you. And if you do this, you will bear much fruit. Now, a couple things jump out at me from this passage of Scripture. Um, the first one is this, this concept of the gardener coming around and cutting away or pruning. Uh, if you think of part of your life being cut away, does that, does that feel good to you? Maybe for some, yes. But for others, you might say, that does not sound like a good thing, like that certain things would be cut out of my life. And one of my questions today when we talk about sacred rhythms, one of the things that, that is kind of heavy on me and, and 
I don't like misery alone, so I'm going to have you join in my misery, um, is, is this question, what needs to be cut out of my life so that I could remain in Christ? Uh, so when I was in Italy and we were looking at these grapevines, um, I was told that there are times that there are branches of grapes that must be cut away from the vine before they are ripe so that the other grapes can, can, can come into their fullness or they can grow to the place where they're, they're needed or they're best used. So there are good grapes that are actually cut away so that the other grapes can become better grapes. Doesn't that sound very strange? Could it be that there are good things in our lives that need to be pruned away so that we are not pulled away from Christ? I wonder what that is in my life. There are these ideas, these thoughts, uh, as I, we were talking about these, these vines, these vineyards, that certain branches uh, with fruit hanging on them are becoming so heavy that they are tended, they're, they're, they're pulled away from the vine itself. So they must be cut back so they don't pull away from the vine because there is no life outside of the, the vine. Is there anything in your life that is pulling you away from God's rhythm? Is there anything in your life that, that, is, that is causing you as a branch to come out of place, to, to, to be pulled away from Christ? Rhythm in our life. Uh, rhythm doesn't just include the music that is played, but it's also including the silence, the space where there is no music being played. Might you have something in your life that needs to be pruned back? Uh, that's, that's kind of the first thought. Um, the second thought that I have in the question is how do we physically remain in Jesus? How do, how do we stay connected? I mean, there's a part of gathering together on Sundays and in our community groups, and th there's a part of these things that, that keep us planted. But physically, how do I stay or remain in Christ? And I find myself moving towards this passage of Scripture um, in Matthew. Probably one of the uh, uh, scariest passages of Scripture for me. Uh, one of the ones that, that probably makes me think more than anything else. Here it is. Uh, Jesus is with his disciples. It's near the end of his life. And uh, they're asking him all these questions uh, about the end of time. And so Jesus gives a picture of the end of time, and he says it this way. He says that, that at the end, uh, all people will be gathered before God, everyone, and before the king. He's talking about himself, Jesus. Uh, all people will be gathered together, and, and God, the king, will divide people uh, like, like one would divide sheep and goats, getting them apart from each other. And if you're like me, you hear that and you think, this is the end of time. This is the last picture that Jesus kind of gives of what it will be like when we are all dead. We should pay attention to this passage of Scripture, right? And you think to yourself, how does he separate them? What, what makes uh, some on this side and, and what sets the others on this side? And so you, you want to lean in and listen to what Jesus is saying here. And Jesus says that the king looks to those who have been separated and he says to them, 
well done, my good and faithful servants. For when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. And when I was thirsty, you gave me a drink of water. And, and when I didn't have anything to wear, you actually gave me some clothes. And when I didn't have anywhere to stay, uh, you gave me a place that I could lay down at night. When I was sick, you took care of me. You visited me. And he goes through this, this list, and, and, and those who were on his right were like, I'm not sure when that happened, Jesus. I, I never saw you sick or hungry or thirsty or without clothes. I, I never saw that. And Jesus said, no, 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 whenever you did this for other people, one of the least of these, you were actually doing it to me. In, in other words, I was, I was present in that place. Whenever it was that you came across a need and you met it, you were, you were actually with me in that moment. And those who were separated like the goats, I apologize that you're sitting on this side this morning. It sounds like I'm <laughs> like them and them. But, but those who were separated on the other side, they were, they were like, what? Jesus, like we came to church, we read the Bible, we, we went to Sunday school, and Jesus said, no, when I was, when I was hungry, you, you gave me nothing. When I was thirsty, uh, you looked the other way. When I was sick or in prison, when I was in need of something, you just ignored me. And they said, when, when did we do this? We don't remember. Tell us, when did we do this? And Jesus said, no, whenever you did it to anyone else, when you did it to the least of these, you were doing it to me. I was physically present in that moment. Depart from me, for I never knew you. That's kind of a scary passage of Scripture, isn't it? It's kind of a difficult thing to wrestle with. I don't know all the ways that we can remain planted in Jesus. I think of some things. I think, I think opening God's Word, meditating on it, I think that, that plants us with Jesus. I think prayer is one of those, those conduits to God's grace. But based on that passage of Scripture, Jesus talking about the end of time, I know this to be true. Whatever we do for the people in need that we come in contact with, we are doing to Jesus. And when we show up to provide for those who are in need, we are planting ourselves in the vine of Jesus. Yeah, does that make sense? Are you with me? That there's this rhythm. There's this rhythm of of opening our eyes to see the needs all around us and doing something about those needs. And when we do this, when we find this rhythm in life, we are planting ourselves in Jesus. And the outward representation, see, it's not about just going and feeding people or providing, no, 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 it's opening our eyes to see the needs that are all around us, that it is when we do this, that we're planting ourselves, we're remaining connected to the vine, and His Spirit begins to work in us and through us. So here's the homework. I had so much fun last week with the homework. Did anybody try to do the homework? Does anybody? I got emails from some of you who were doing the homework. I got some people who, uh, a couple people who emailed me and said, I'm having a trouble with this one passage. Can you help me? I love that. 
I love when, when homework causes us um, to dig deeper and to go deeper. I, I even had a student uh, in, in high school contact me about the homework. Isn't that cool? So here's your homework for this week. Um, it's to be planted in Jesus. And here's the, the outward ways to do that. And some of you already do this, which is awesome. You don't have to change your regular pattern to do something different. Um, two to five minutes of silence and prayer every single day, just as a starting point. Now, my guess is if, if we were to get into that rhythm on a regular basis, it wouldn't be enough, and we would find ourselves lingering longer. But start with two to five minutes. That's a, that's a pretty doable thing. Um, whether it's sitting down in a chair uh, closing yourself to the, the noise around you and the noise in your head to try to like, just zero in on praying and listening to God. Uh, so that's the first part. Second part, one verse a day. And if you need help with one verse a day, uh, Uversion is an app I told you about last week, and it has a verse of the day. So just start with that. If, if you don't have anything else, just, just one verse a day and meditate on it. See if you can't remind yourself of that verse again and again and again. And if you're like me and you forget it, then it causes you to open the app up again. That's okay. Do that. Open it up and, and read it again. And see, see how often you can think through what that verse is saying. And, and the point isn't the verse. It's opening yourself to God's grace and his mercy and his, his truth, kind of beginning to change who you are. Now, the third part this week, so this is an added piece. This is the harder piece, Right? that you would use your time and your resources at any point at which you come across a need and you meet that need. So it causes you to actively uh, open yourself to listening and looking to the people around you. And then when something presents itself, and, and, I, and I think if you listen and you look, I think God will give you something. I think something will show up that you, you, you actually use what you have to do something about it. Got it? Some of you snap pictures, you kind of do all that thing of the homework, but some silence, some prayer, scripture, service, doing something. Silence, listening, prayer, scripture, serve. Now, for some of, the, some, some of you who have been around church for your like, whole lives, you're looking at this and you're thinking, like, this is, this is the basic spiritual disciplines in the church, right? It is. Like, these have been done for 2,000 years after Jesus started the church. Well, that's a pretty good rhythm to get into, isn't it? So we're going to join into this rhythm, and that's the challenge. Um, Joe's going to come, and he's going to lead one last song. And uh, we want to give you some space, and I, I mentioned that we would do this. We want to give you just some space to respond. Uh, in any way that God may be leading you to respond. It may have nothing to do with the sermon today. Maybe you zoned out and you didn't listen to anything. That's okay. Uh, maybe God put something on your heart and your mind, and, and you simply need to respond to that. Um, so we're going to sing this song, and during this song, if you want to come to the cross, uh, maybe there's some confession uh, that, that, that you need to do. Maybe, maybe there's... There's something in your life that uh, is just a roadblock for you, and you want to write that down. Uh, there's some cards over here. You can write it down. You can pin it up on the cross.
as your way of looking to Christ to overcome whatever that is. Uh, maybe you have a prayer. Maybe you walked in today with something on your heart and on your mind and you just want to write out a prayer and put that on the cross. You're open to do that. Maybe it's a commitment. Uh, maybe it's simply a, God, help me uh, to silence myself and open your word every day this week. So maybe it's just a commitment. Uh, maybe you want to go to one of the candles and light a candle. Maybe you feel very disconnected from God in these moments. Uh, maybe you came in today and, and you feel like uh, God is so far away. Maybe you would just want to light a candle and ask God's presence to be with you. We just want to give you space. Maybe you just want to sing. Maybe you want to sit and listen. Give you space to do whatever. I'm going to ask us to stand as we start. And um, as we begin singing, just feel the freedom to move around the room, to sit, to stand, to respond to God's spirit. God, you are good. And um, there is this rhythm, a, a rhythm that you put into the world and a rhythm that you put into us. And God, so many of us are out of sync with, with that rhythm of grace and love. And so God, help us to line up. Help us to, to sync ourselves to your song. Help us to, to commit to practices, to, to open ourselves to your spirit and how you want to breathe life into us. In these, in these moments, we, uh, we turn our hearts and our minds towards you. We respond to you, and we pray that all that we do and say would be pleasing in your sight. And we pray this in the name of Jesus.